got an email a couple weeks ago, and Drew sent me an email that said, Ken wants you to speak on the 9th. And I felt my heart sink all the way to the bottom of my feet, terrified. <laughs> so anyways, I probably put on 10 pounds since yesterday as I porked out and snacked, stuffed my face with the candy, donuts, cookies, anything you can imagine the last two days. Stressing out, man, about tonight. But then I reminded myself that you guys are just my brothers and sisters in Christ. So, ma'am, we're on the same level, the same journey, right? So why should I be so scared? Anyways, um, it's good to be here. I'm just going to open in prayer. And then um, we'll get a video popped up, a little picture popped up here real quick. So Jesus, God, I just thank you, Lord. Um, that I can be here with my brothers and sisters in Christ, God, that we have the freedom still in this country to gather corporately, Lord. And so, God, just be with us. We pray for your word, Lord. Your word is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, God, and we pray that you would open hearts right now, Lord, including myself, God, um, that I would walk out of here changed tonight because I had an encounter with the King of Kings. So, Lord, we just invite the power of the Holy Spirit here tonight and power. And Jesus, we just pray, God, that all my brothers and sisters, including myself, Lord, would just have an encounter with you tonight, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, um, yeah, I'll share. I come to you guys this tonight. This is my verse for you, for, for me tonight, ma'am. I come here tonight claiming 1 Corinthians, um, I think it's 2-4. I come to you in my weakness and fear. <laughs> with much trembling. My message and my preaching um, were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So, man, you know, I come here in trembling, in fear, but God calls us sometimes to embrace our biggest fears, right? So he gets all the glory, because in our weakness, his power is made manifest, and so I stand here amongst my brothers and sisters in fear and trembling. <laughs> um, but you know I'm nothing without Jesus that's why I get so freaked out sometimes I speak publicly but because I need him to show up or I know that I'm going to flop this thing no matter where I'm at no matter what I'm doing um, I need him so I'm going to start out with a testimony with the photo right here it's always good to share testimonies it's always good to hear stories of God pursuing the souls of men and women, um, especially in our city. It it's encouraging. I tried to get myself out of that photo because I had nothing to do with the story I'm about to share with you because it's all Jesus. And this is a story of an encounter with such a hurting, lost soul downtown on a Friday night about a year ago. So we're downtown and doing some street ministry at the bus plaza, and there's this individual right there, and he's just kind of crunched over. He's so hurting, so broken. Um, the Lord planted him there right by us as my neighbor. Our neighbor, is this is going to tie into some other stuff later, but our neighbor, man, it can be our neighbor next door. Our neighbor could be those in our workplace. Our neighbor could be those who God strategically places in our path anywhere, in all times. So 
This was my neighbor downtown as we're doing some street ministry and praying for people, come alongside hurting and broken people. Um, this individual's name is Chad. Chad did not look like this right now. If you saw a close-up on that photo right now, you'll see he has peace. He has the peace of God in his eyes. And the joy of the Lord is his strength in this photo. Chad's story. Chad um, is married to another man at this time who does some really horrible things to him. This evening, this particular evening, Chad had just got out of the psych ward as his husband gave him 60 pills to commit suicide. And so Chad, oh, and I think he also like slid his wrists and some stuff and like did some bad things to him. But I can share that with you guys, and I know there's no really young kids in here, but this is just this is his story. And Chad started unpacking this story. So right off the bat, I know that Chad is, he's of the same sex, right? I'm figuring that Chad, most encounters that Chad's had with any kind of Christians have, has always been really horrible. Um, in fact, every Christian encounter that Chad had that he told me with believers was they told him that God hates you know, the word, and that he's going to hell. So Chad, from a young kid, always believed, even, even younger, um, he always believed that he was going to hell. Chad started, and Chad was, he was so bent over and broken and hurting. It manifests, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't have Jesus, like, even your body manifests, like, who you're serving. <laughs> if you're serving the enemy, you know, you don't walk with confidence and stuff. You walk broken and hurting. Chad started telling me when he was four years old, um, he was raped, and his mom was prostituting him out, which, and that's why he's of the same sex with other just girls and just weird stuff, you know, hurtful stuff. Chad then went on to tell me that when he was 12 years old, his mom shot him up with heroin. He didn't even have a choice to become an addict. So his life was caught up in hard drug use. You know, and once you do heroin once, you don't just do it once and stop. You know, you're, you're a lifer, usually. And unless you have an encounter with the King of Kings and he sets you free, but he hadn't had that privilege yet. Chad went on to tell me that <clears throat> he had slept by on the bed and his sister was there one night and she killed herself and she committed suicide. And his mom blamed it on him. And so, man, this guy's story just kept getting more gnarly and gnarly as the night was going. Like, it was unreal. It was probably the most craziest story that I had ever heard on the streets yet. His mom would tell me that she would put balloons full of drugs in certain places in his body where they shouldn't go. And she used him as a mule to transport drugs hurt, broken, um, man, all the other things. I can't even go into all the other things. It was just too many. His life was filled full of lies of the enemy, strongholds. Um, so, man, just a lot of pain. He had so many bad things done to him that he said he couldn't, he hadn't cried since he was a little boy. And there we were. <clears throat> he was my neighbor on the streets downtown, me and some other soldiers were ministering to him. And we were with him for probably about an hour and a half. Like an onion, 
like an onion, peeling off the layers of the lies, everything that the enemy had him locked up in. And there was downtown Friday night where this individual caught up in a same-sex relationship had an encounter with the one who had changed his life forever that night. It was powerful. We asked Chad if we could pray for him. And if Chad has ever considered actually giving his life to Jesus, and remember he had a lot of hurt and wounds with prior um, encounters, right, with those who are, are called Christian. When we laid hands on Chad, we started praying for him, and he started crying. He cried like a little baby for a long time. And then he told us he hadn't cried since he was a little boy. He was really embarrassed, number one, to be a man on the street with other men and stuff, crying profusely. And he was having an encounter with Jesus right there. Chad then gave his life to Christ right there on the spot. And it was powerful. So sometimes when we do street ministry, so we prayed with him, and we continued to minister to him for an hour and a half Healing back those layers of lies and everything in Chad's life. <clears throat> it's a pretty awesome story. Sometimes when we're doing street ministry, we never run into the same person, um, you know, week after week because they come and they go and they're all over. Four weeks later, this is the 4th of July. Check this out. My son was with me, my son, um, eighth grade. He saw this whole thing taking place as far as some other high schoolers that we brought down there so they could do some street ministry that night. And so my son heard his story the whole time. He's looking at Chad. He saw Chad hunched over, broken, hurting. And my son heard his whole story. So we're downtown four weeks later on the 4th of July, and Chad, my son, it was probably from here to, I mean, the wall over there, like quite a distance. But my son's like, Chad, there's, Dad, there's Chad, there's Chad. I'm like, what? Wait, that doesn't even look like him because he had the peace of God and the joy of the Lord in his eyes. You could see it in his eyes. I thought, man, how awesome that my son could eyewitness a transforming power of Jesus into a life who was so hurting and broken. And Chad was upright walking, confident, and it was powerful. <clears throat> I got to reconnect with Chad and and my son's there the whole time, too. And I said, Chad, man, how's it going, man? Because we encouraged Chad to get out of the house, not to go back with his husband that night with some stuff. He needed to get out of there and get on with his life. It wouldn't be safe for him to go there. And, um, man, Chad said he got, he got plugged into to a church. He's going to um, this Danny Green's church, um, Family of Faith. And uh, he's growing. He's reading the Word. He's a changed man. He's my brother, your brother in Christ. Is that awesome? It's a testimony, and it's all him. It's all Jesus, so it's always good to share testimonies. Um, testimonies are powerful. I love seeing God pursue souls. It, there's nothing like it. It's so fun. Um, so that's Chad's story. And Chad was my neighbor that night that God put him in, um, in, in our path. I had a choice. I could either ignore him, walk by him, or engage him, my neighbor, so that's a story. Praise Jesus. Um, <clears throat> Jesus said this. And I started thinking about some things that Jesus said. 
He said in Mark 12, 30, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then I'm paraphrasing this. I put, oh, and love your neighbor as yourself too. And that young man, Chad, well, God planted him right by me that night to test me to see if I would walk away or engage him. And he was my neighbor for that brief time. Brief time. He was all alone, hurting and broken. I started thinking in another verse. Jesus also said this. <clears throat> These are red letter verses that I'm reading. He said that, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor is yourself. And then he also said something else in Matthew 28, 20. He said, go make disciples. The Great Commission, not just a, the Great Suggestion, it was, a, it was a mandate. It was a command to go for us, every one of us, every one of us who take the name Jesus and claim to follow him. You see, if we have given our life over to Jesus, that means our lives are no longer our own. We, I put myself in there, we, me, you, um, we belong to him and to be about his business, kingdom business, with eternity stamped on our eyeballs. Every one of us in this room right now has been given a spiritual gift or gifts. Every one of us given to do a specific assignment, a specific assignment with, both to glorify God with and to advance the kingdom of God with. So the moment we give our life to Christ, he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And he gives us a gift to use to glorify him with and advance the kingdom of God with. So before I unpack this actual message here tonight, <clears throat> the Lord was showing me this. He said, Jeff, tell them to imagine, tell them before you do this message <clears throat> to picture yourself standing before Jesus right now face to face, all alone, including myself face-to-face -face right now. And as you do this, we'll unpack this message. But imagine like what that moment will be like because it's coming soon. And we're face-to-face -face with him. Just you, just him, all alone. And the file is opened up in your life and in my life. Everything exposed. All of our work kingdom work that was done with our lives because remember we gave our life over to him and what we did with what we knew the fires were pulled we're face to face with the king of king right now imagine what that would look like like what's on my file every word I've said when people have wronged me or this and that some things I've said I slip and fall often everything recorded Wow. This actual event will happen to you, to me, one day very soon. It's a good reminder to us to do a spiritual life checkup before that actual day. You know what the good news about this is tonight is? Even for myself, <clears throat> man, just to have a pre-test spiritual checkup before we, because some of us will go through our whole life not even thinking about like, wait, my life is really his. I gave it away. I have an assignment to do. 
And man, there's still time. Still time, right? Because the file will be pulled on your life and my life one day shortly. All of our life's work will be exposed to the fire. We're going to talk about this fire. All of it. Have you ever thought about this before? Have you guys ever thought about that before? Yeah? No? Uh, I know, man, many of my years after I gave my life to Christ, I didn't think about that. I used to sit right out here, and I was caught up in this thing called sin management because, man, I came from some hard stuff, and I always felt like I was never, like, good enough. I always had to have, um, I had to be perfect before God could use me. So I sat out here uh, many years, caught up in this thing called sin management. Wait, I got to get my life right. Oh, gosh, I just messed up last night. Can't do that. God can't use me now. I'll never volunteer. You know what I mean? Have you guys can relate? You ever been there? Right? Sin management. What a crippler, right? So have you ever thought about that before? Um, Tried by fire. 1 Corinthians 3.19 is our verse. So if you want to flip over there, um, you can read, or I'll read that. It's pretty short. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 15. Here we go. For we, that's you and me, are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder, and another builds on it. But each one of us must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay any other foundation than that has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hair, straw, each one's work will become obvious for the day that will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, it will be lost, but he will be saved, yet it will be like an escape through fire. Powerful. Isn't that a powerful verse? Man, there's some good stuff in there. We're going to talk about these things. This passage is talking about the judgment seat of Christ, something that you and I will actually be a part of, will be there. This isn't a judgment of unbelievers. It's rather a rewarding of the saints. It's a rewarding of the saints for you and me face to face with the King of Kings to get our reward for what we did here since we've given our life to him. This event is where God will test your works, my works, by fire. And our reward will depend on how well our works stood up to that fire. Man, I want some good stuff, huh? Because the fire consumes everything. There are three things that will stand, well, that will withstand the fire that we just read. 
And there's three things that will not make it through the fire. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. These six things can be useful to us, but these six things that God, these are six things that God is really concerned about. Our reward is based on these. These six things will be brought up at the judgment seat of Christ that you and I will be at. Man, so I don't want to make my life a waste. You know what I mean? I wasted a lot of time, man. <laughs> a lot of time back when I was first saved. Not a whole lot of time left. Time's passing us by pretty quick, huh? So we're going to look at this gold. Let's unpack these things. Gold. First Peter 1 through 1, 7. That the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold, than the gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The gold, a reminder of faith. You know that the things that amaze Je- hey, you know the things that amaze Jesus the most while he was here in the in the flesh? It was when he walked among us, it was great faith or lack of faith. Do you remember? Do you remember reading in the word? He he often commented on, Whoa, I've never seen any faith like that, like the Roman centurion's servant, remember? Or lack of faith. These things were very um you know, Jesus noticed those things. They, they really amazed him. Those things stood out to him. Great faith is of great value in God's eyes. And like so-and-so faith, it's never mentioned once. Faith is always put to the test. Man, I don't know about you, but man, it seems like mine is always. You? Huh? Man, I had a horrible week last week. It was terrible. And my, my faith was put to the test. Man, I hope I passed that one, but I think I probably didn't. Do you know what I mean? It, it comes on pretty hard sometimes, huh? Especially when it comes from your own family members and stuff, huh? Where they can open some deep wounds. And he puts the fire to your faith. The silver... Proverbs 10.20 says this, that the tongue of the righteous is as choice silver. Silver may be the very words that we speak. I believe God has an eternal record of every word we have said since we've been saved. Uh-oh. Huh? Yeah? <laughs> Maybe the gossip, the slander, the backbiting, etc., Ouch, I put this one, the tongue, our words, we will give an account and the fire will be put to the silver. Precious stones. Malachi 3, 16, 17 says this. Then they that feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord noticed and listened and a book of remembrance was written before him that feared the Lord. And that thought upon, and that though upon his name, and they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, 
in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. The precious stones represent the fruit that you and I bear for Jesus. Precious stones. Especially the souls. The souls of men and women, our neighbors, those who God strategically puts in our place. The souls that we bring to him. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has preordained that we should walk in them. God has ordered your life and my life so that good works will be right in our path. And if we do them, we will be rewarded for it. We will if we do them. We can choose not to do them too. But if we do them, those works, those works that he's given us to do, we'll be rewarded for them. Precious stones and the fire put to them. You know, I was thinking if you put fire to gold, it may change from a solid to a liquid, but it's still gold, right? Probably the same with silver. If you kick up the heat, it'll become a solid. It'll cool off. It's still silver, right? Stones, even stones, even I'm just talking rocks and stuff too, the same. The silver, the gold, and the precious stones. When a life lived for these three things, when the fire is set ablaze to it, it will last. It will endure the flames. Is your life set upon these three? Is my life set upon these three? Or is it set upon the next three? So still be there with Jesus, standing face to face with them, because we're going to pack the next three too. Just imagine like what that would look like. Flashback your life since that day you gave your life to him and the works that you've been doing since then. The wood. It definitely doesn't have the same value as gold and silver, right? People build houses with wood and stuff, different things. This thing's wood. Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders will labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays alert in vain. Wood can remind us of the houses that we've built, things and stuff. They may be nice, but the Lord didn't build them. The things we do are good things to do, but are not what God's called us to do. We can do good things, every one of us. You know, I've done good things, built things, this and that, right? Um, Wasted a lot of time doing some projects stuff that probably shouldn't have done. You know, you've been there. Um, but it wasn't what God called us to do. Maybe God's called you to a specific assignment, but maybe you chose to do, to build something else instead. 
it would be it would be disobedience and simply burned up as wood. Hay. The people people feed animals hay. And what's left over, you know, it's not eaten up, it's useless, right? If you give it to a cow, it's gonna eat it up. It serves its purpose. What's left over is just kinda no good, really, right? The hay can represent the good things that we started to do, but are of no value because we didn't finish them. If God called you to do something and you started it, but didn't finish it, what will it profit in eternity? Not a whole lot. Stubble. Stubble is the leftover stalks after grain has been harvested. So like imagine a vision like corn, huge cornfield. The tractors come and they plow it all down and all that's left is like the stubble. That's what stubble is. Pretty useless, right? Worthless. It really serves no purpose. It's completely worthless. Stubble would represent the time we wasted on earth doing things that accomplished absolutely nothing for God. You ever been there? Man, wasted so much time. The time since we've given our life to Jesus, completely wasted, no eternal value, burned up. Stubble is empty works, wasted time, idle pursuits, vanity of all vanities. Time wasted on maybe personal hobbies. Um, I wrote that. I mean, we all have personal hobbies, but Sometimes they can kind of, have you ever been into those so much that they'll rob your time for the Lord prayer time, right? So, not that they're bad, but sometimes we can like overseek those things. Time's wasted on personal hobbies that take all your time away from eternal things, whatever that is. If you and me are not putting God first in our lives, we may just end up in the front of the judgment seat of Christ with loads of stubble and not much else. I don't want to be there. Do you want to come before Jesus face to face with, I don't know, arms full of stubble? Here, Lord, man, that's what I got. Try this by fire. See what's left? Huh? Just a bunch of ash, huh? No value. Worthless. So I asked tonight, where are you at with your life work, kingdom work, soul winning work. I ask myself this too here right now. Do you, do I want a life lived full of the gold, the silver, and the precious stones that we come, when we come before him face to face, the fires can test it and the gold still gold, and the silver still silver, and the precious stones still precious stones. Tested by fire to see what remains. The wood, hay, and the stubble all turns to ash, nothing left. Isn't it good that we can picture ourselves here almost like a pretest tonight? God was showing me that tonight, this is like even a pretest, like a, a spiritual check, like 
Jeff, man, maybe some of our brothers and sisters out there or even yourself, like, we're not where we should be. So, like, man, we can change stuff tonight. Isn't it good to think about these things? Like, wow, it's going to happen. The judgment seat of Christ will be there face to face with him. Question, how do you, how do I want to stand before the Lord at the judgment seat? Perhaps there's a shift that needs to take place in your life here tonight. Maybe a reprioritization of some things. Maybe a completely elimination of some things for your life that take away kingdom building time. It's not too late. So I know this is kind of some heavy stuff tonight too, but guess what? It's encouraging because we can pretest a spiritual check tonight that we can walk out of here, I can walk out of here knowing that, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Stamp souls. Stamp the souls of lost men and women who don't know you on my eyeballs so that I can take them with, that I can take them with as precious stones. Because when the fire's turned up and tried by those, they absolutely will not burn up. They'll remain forever. And my reward will be based on what's left. It's not too late. Tonight can be the night. And you can come up for prayer in a few minutes. I was thinking about my friend Charlie. I roll with some pretty radical street soldiers when we do some work in some pretty dark places. And my friend Charlie, who's probably my first pick, like, man, if there's any soldier I want to go out in some hard, dark places with, it's Charlie. Because he operates in the power of the Holy Spirit and he's totally sold out to Jesus. And he was telling me he went to um, Africa. He went here probably about three weeks ago. And the Lord asked him a very interesting question to Charlie. And Sydney, you know Charlie. He's a soldier. He, this brother is a soldier. And when Charlie's over in Africa three weeks ago, ministering, building a church there, some orphanages and stuff. Um, Jesus asked him an a, a question. He said, Charlie, would your Christianity there work here? Charlie said, no, it wouldn't. Because they, those believers there, their life's on the line. And they have to count the cost of following him with their whole life. And they don't just pray when they feel like it. Like they all fast and pray for survival, for breakthrough. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> so Charlie had to say, Lord, no, it wouldn't. And when they worship, they worship for like three hours plus just worshiping Jesus face uh, worship nonstop. Charlie was telling me when he was building a church there was a house next door with believers packed in it and they worship like over three hours. Charlie said I just wanted to go next door and throw myself on that floor and just worship. Powerful. Man so brothers and sisters I challenge myself with these very things that I've talked about tonight. Wood, hay, stubble, silver, gold, and precious stones. 
And I know we've got a lot of work to do. Maybe some of us have felt like, man, I haven't done a whole lot, man. But be encouraged because you can walk out of here tonight with a whole new mindset. You can ask God to stamp eternity on your eyeballs so you can get that crown, that reward, whatever that is on that day. Man, isn't that exciting? I want it all. I want a huge reward, right? You too. I know it. And so I just want to close out in prayer. You know, prayer is so powerful. Prayer is so powerful. It's one of our biggest weapons. And if you need prayer here tonight, it's just I'm just your brother on the journey. I would love to pray for you with whatever that is. Man, maybe you need God, just help me. I need prayer that maybe the Lord would reprioritize my life. I need some stuff gone in my life so that I can get on with this kingdom work. I would love to pray for you. And we're just going to close out in a time of worship. And if Jessica and Luke want to come back out, um, let's just really worship the Father. And please come up for prayer if you need it. I love you guys. You're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Jesus is coming soon and very soon, and there's not much time left, huh? So may we be, I'm going to close out in prayer. Father, I pray, God, that, that our lives would matter for the kingdom. Lord, your kingdom, God, that your kingdom come, your will be done in my life and my brothers' and sisters' lives in this room here right now, Father God. And so, Lord, may, we, may you here right now uh, just stamp eternity on our eyeballs, Lord and that we would be about your work, Lord Jesus, so that when we stand face to face with you at the judgment seat, Father, that we wouldn't bring wood, hay, or stubble at all, God. And so when the fire's tried and tested, we wouldn't be fried. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, Jesus. We just worship you now.